thanks for coming along this afternoon, guys. We've got Brian Prevo, who's been watching cricket or playing cricket since the 50s. We've got John Mountford, who arrived on the Guernsey scene in the early 70s and um, played top-level cricket for many years and, and for the island. Um, we've got Pete Vidamore, who's the youngster of the crew here, um, who played much cricket for Guernsey in the 80s and 90s, I would say, Pete, wouldn't that be right? Something yeah, like that. And I then went on to the 2000s as well. Then went on to manage the island team for several years in a very successful period as Guernsey moved into the ICC. We're going to go through the top 10 of our all-time top 100 um, in alphabetical order. And um, I'll start off with um, Ralph Anthony's our first choice. Pete, you played a lot with him and obviously a lot against him. How would how would you view Ralph's career in its entirety? Well, uh, uh, yes, another legend, really. I mean, I think I think Ralph, um, obviously, R Ralph's really great um, thing was Salemites, uh, and he led Salemites for many many years, and he did a great job with them, and and he stayed with Salemites for a long time, and he brought on lots of what I would say, without being rude to them, were average cricketers and he made them into a pretty good side uh, and I think that's that's his it was his almost his greatest achievement in some ways but but talking about the island side obviously he played a, a load of games for the island I'm not sure how many 20 odd 23 23 yeah. uh, he was there for a long time I mean, towards the end he was he was primarily uh, a spin bowler and, and obviously Jersey have always had a few issues with spin uh, and and he was very effective in those games but but early on he was also a very good batsman I thought uh, and just a good all-round cricketer and actually a, a really good guy I think competitive but without being stupid about it um, he just enjoyed his cricket and he was competitive as I say um, yeah I, I remember when he was a fast bowler uh, and he would he would, uh, batted against him at Victoria Avenue he'd come in he'd, he'd bang the ball in as fast as he can and I don't think he was particularly successful as a, as a fast bowler so I'm not surprised he, he turned to spin and then of course he was Completely different bowler then. Yeah, yeah. When, I remember when, when he was a fast bowler, he had a, a, a wicked slower ball. That's the one thing I remember about him. When, when he only bowled pace for the first couple of years I played, but the, the slower ball always got me every time. Uh, but he was definitely a much better bowler, cricketer when he was a spin bowler. How was he as an Ireland captain? You played under him. What was he like? Yeah, very enthusiastic. I, I think maybe he suffered a little bit in that he tried to treat the Ireland players a bit like he treated the St. Mike's players. Uh, in some ways um, that maybe didn't work with, with some of the personalities um, so I, I think he was a, a good Ireland captain without being outstanding uh, but an outstanding player Most of the top 10 here are all-rounders and I would say Ralph was a bowling all-rounder his bowling was better than he better than his batting but his batting was very useful especially for Salemites as Peter's just reminded us of but in the Ireland team, he was always way down in the second half of the batting lineup, wasn't he? he but he, he was he, good. He, he did. He was in the top four in a couple of his entrenchers. He did, or, or opened. He did. It, it was used in that role, yeah. yeah, as well. As Ralph's a batsman, one great memory I've got of Ralph is when we play um, Salemites at the op during the OP years when the KG5 was out of action, and I can't remember who was bowling for Kobo, but during that period. David Nussbaumer, bless him, um, was utilised fielding silly extra cover to, to block block the offside. And Millsy, uh, sorry, 
Ralph drove, drilled this this half volley straight towards extra current, and without David didn't move his hand, it smacked him in the stomach, <laughs> bounced out, and David called it the second second attempt. <laughs> it was all very very funny. And with that, Stuart Prevo decides to, or was it Josh? Decides That's to, Josh. Stuart's out there with the other one. Decides to get the. Um, Machinery going. Machinery going. One right. thing is, one thing's worth mentioning about Ralph actually, and this is on the, on the funny sort of story side side that we went to Barbados on a on a GTCC tour in 1984, and Ralph came out and, and I think really expected to to it to be a competitive cricket tour, whereas most of us were treating it as a as a holiday. And I remember him marching out at the Kensington Oval in his Guernsey sweater and a cravat and a cap. He marched out in sort of 38 degrees heat, expecting to turn over the side we're playing against. And of course, we got absolutely murdered. <laughs> and it, I don't think Ralph ever got over that trip, to be honest. <laughs> right, moving on um, to Ami Banerjee. Um, wonderful all-rounder oh, yeah. uh, and a lovely chap. Yeah, good all-rounder. Again, I would have said a bowling all-rounder, although his batting was excellent. I think the one thing I remember about Ami was that spell that he had here when he bowled against Jersey. And I don't know how many overs he bowled, but practically everyone was a maiden. They just couldn't get him away. I think he's probably the best fast bowler I've seen over here, actually, Yami. I think. Yeah, he was very good. And that surprised me a little bit in terms of the fact that he was a, a fast fast bowler. Because if you look at his his ESPN stats, his Crick Info stats, he's listed as a wicketkeeper batsman. <laughs> and that doesn't mention anything about bowling. You know, but we never saw him keep the wicket, did we? No, I never saw no, him keep the wicket. No. So perhaps he, he just batted well. He scored a 90-odd against Kobo all on his own. He beat them in one of the finals. He was, oh, he was good. But his fast bowling was exceptional. I, I, I tend to agree, with, I think, what, with what Bigsy said uh, about Ami, that we didn't really see the best of him. Um, I, I think that although he put in some really good performances on the island and for the island, I think he was probably better than that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure he could be, not, I'm not saying not, not bothered, but he didn't really get enthused by it, I think. But having played at the level he played at, I think he came over here and, and, and did what he did, but not really at his top level. Perhaps if we'd seen him 10 years earlier, yeah. it might yeah. have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, he, he certainly bowled very well for the island. I remember when I was manager in 2002 and... and uh, we were talking about the last player we were going to pick uh, and Big Z, who was captain, was worried about ha not having a fifth bowler. And I said, well, what about Ami? Ami, you know, he, he bowls for you. And he said, well, he's, he's always reluctant to bowl. And I remember saying, tell him he's bowling. And he ended up <laughs> bowling 13 or 14 overs, one for 30-odd. Yeah, terrific player. Yeah. Moving on to Warren Barrett. Now, John, you played an awful lot of cricket with Warren. I remember when he used to play for Kobo. And we always dreaded having to f have Warren in, in their side because he was either going to bowl you out or he was going to bat you out. I mean, he, he just always scored runs or took wickets against us. Uh, and he is one player that we, <laughs> we did fear. Yeah. He's a phenomenal player. Brev, you would have remembered him probably when he first arrived yeah, in Guernsey yeah, yeah, yeah. in about 1961, I think, yeah, yeah. with St Luke's College from Exeter, wasn't he? I think that's sort of... Yeah, that's right. That's where he came from. And he played for Optimus in those days, I think. And, uh, oh, he was a tremendous... He's a real all-rounder. You'd have a job to say which is best of his attributes, whether it's batting or bowling. I think he's... I think of all of them here, I think he's probably the best to uh, complete all-rounder, the Gary Sobers of Guernsey. I said to him when he, his very early days, particularly, he, he really did get that ball to fizz. With, yeah. You could almost hear it 
out of his hand and he could turn it a mile both ways couldn't he on the right Great wicket control. he did yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean when he, he came over and he played one year in 1961 I think it was yeah. and he played that year or well, 62 and then he went off the scene for about 10 years yeah yeah he, mm. That was in his um, cabaret years, I think. <laughs> yes, right, when he was playing his Hammond organ in uh, various various island institutions at night. But um, I can always recall him when he did his spell at Kobo when we played Rovers, and again in the OP days, and Creed and Dobson were flat out, and I think it was... It's obviously those two. The two Kobo Rovers games of the season were almost decisive in who would win the league. And this particular game, um, I can't remember whether Kobo were batting first or second, but I know um, Warren went in first. But Creed and Dobson just went through the rest of the top order, just like nice through butter, really. And it was very, very fast stuff. They were very, very hostile. And I think I went in as at number seven. And Warren just said, you know, just stay there, leave it to me. And Warren was wearing his white floppy hat that day. <laughs> and he was hooking Creed, hooking Dobson away. And we won the game. And I remember playing, I think I got 10, and playing nearly every ball in front of my nose on the splice because everything was short. But Warren was just absolutely magnificent innings. He got, I said he got way past 50 we won the game and it was you know it was that was him in his best he oh, had yeah. all he, the shots he, he was a truly great cricketer for the, for this island without doubt I, I i kind of started playing towards the end of warren's career and i and i knew him mainly as a spin bowler to be honest with you. he was probably in his late 40s by the time i started playing with him in the island side um but i remember again we went to barbados on one of these touring club tours and he must have been in his 50s then and I remember him hooking a couple of really quick bowlers, you know, off his nose, as you said. And I thought then, wow, he must have been some player when he was 30. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, he did, didn't he play Gloucestershire seconds? Or was I think, he, he, yes, I think he, he played for him a couple of times. And you think if he hadn't had that sort of almost a whole decade out, how good his stats would have been, you know? And because um, he was, you know, to have that long away from the game and then just come back and basically be the, the Ireland's outstanding cricketer. Um, Jersey feared him as well, didn't they? Jersey hate, you know, feared the name Barrett. Yeah, I mean, he loved his cricket. Shame he was a bit early because if he'd have been in the ICC, he would have he would have gone everywhere. He would have loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he would have done. Yeah, yeah, and we would have done very, very well with him there, yeah. obviously. Well, moving on, um, another all-rounder, of course, Jeremy Frith, more modern player. Pete, you had a lot to do with him in your. Um, your spell as an island manager? Yeah, yeah. Played a lot of games with him as well at Kobo uh, and managed him in the island side. If you look at purely at, at stats, I, I, I think Frithy is probably the, certainly the top one or two cricketers the island's ever seen. If you look at the, the amount of runs he got in the ICC games, um, I thought he was a decent left arm spinner, but his, his main attribute was, was batting. And, and he squeezed every run he could possibly get. I, I, maybe not the most naturally talented batsman. Good enough. But he just worked the ball around so well, very intelligently, knocking the ball in the gaps and just made the most of it, his talent. And, and if you look at his record, it's, it's phenomenal, really. Yeah. I'll put you on the spot, Pete. If you had to pick a left-arm spinner in your side, who would you have picked? Your all-time Guernsey side. Anthony or Frith? I think Ralph was a better bowler. 
honestly, I do. Uh, Frithy was good, right? but I, I think Ralph was probably more attacking as well. He, he looked to get wickets more, whereas Frithy's tended to sort of spear it in. And, 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 and to be fair, that, that's something to do with the cricket they play. Frithy playing in the ICC would be looking to keep the runs down, whereas Ralphie was always a, a, a wicket-taking taking bowler. Yeah, he was probably looking to take wickets, whereas Frithy, because he played a lot of IC, he was trying to contain the batsman rather than... Yeah. Yeah. Both good in the wrong way, but I, I put Ralph just ahead on the bowling front. I do remember him. I was I was umpiring at uh, Grainville, and and it was the it was the day he was he was we'd lost a couple of wickets, but Tony Carlyon towards the end was came on to, to bowl, and he did, you know these reverse little they're not sweeps were they? They were just paddles. they yeah, just the guided it, yeah. just which way he tilted the bat, and he just took one look round, came to bowl, just angled the bat down to third man four so they moved fine leg across the third man next ball turned it the other way fine leg four I remember it yeah Tony Carlisle steam coming out of his ears by now (laughs) next ball they moved moved the third man back to fine leg took it to third man again they didn't know what to do how to play him at all (laughs) he just took them to pieces and he got a good score that day as well he got 80 I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, that was the 2002 game, I think. Yeah. 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 He didn't fail much, did he? No. He had a good 100 here in one of the, when we thrashed Jersey that year. He's, he, he was a, a phenomenal batsman, I think. As I say, you know, yeah. not, maybe not necessarily the most talented, but uh, as a run accumulator. But he was all... Yeah, that's right. Uh, and he was also able to stay there, because if you remember the match in Jersey when we had Jersey for out for 130-odd, and then we were 70-odd for five when Stu went in, and Frithy was there, and he just stayed there. Stu, as it turned out, played a very good innings that day, and he was hitting the ball, but he stayed there, and he was the main threat, and they won the game, the well, two of them. Not only that, I mean, if you look through the ICC stats as well, when Stuart and Frithy were batting together, that's when lots of stands of 50-plus, 100-plus... Yeah. They did hold yeah. the side together. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he was an outstanding fielder as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a, a really talented all round cricketer. And the, and the other thing was, he was a bit of a badger as well. He loved cricket. You know, he's always looking at records and that sort of thing. He just loved the game, basically. Yeah. Talking of outstanding all round cricketers, another one on the list Pierre Le Coke. And of course, well, John would have played an awful lot of cricket. With him, I've before going to John, let's go back him. to Brian because yeah, Brian, yeah. you'd remembered him. Oh in his yeah, early from the days. start. Yeah, I, I think he's the most difficult one of the all-rounders to say which was best, bowling or batting. I think it was probably batting, but he was a very good bowler as well. And of course, he was in a very good college side at those days. And but he was a true all-rounder and a nice lad, a good lad, always playing his all the time in the right way throughout his career as far as I was concerned there was never any controversy with Pierre you know with, um, yeah, he went about so, his job quietly yeah, didn't he yeah, just got yeah. on with it yeah. nice man and of course he always built, built in innings he would, yeah, he yeah. would never come in and start thrashing the ball around it was play yourself in build an innings slowly see what was required and he didn't ev- he never seemed to get out in, term- in that period when acceleration was required he always went on to complete the job that's how I remember him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. He compiled yeah. an innings, one of those type of players. But yeah, he was very reliable. 
in both ways, in batting and ball. Of course, we all, you know, everybody has ducks now and then, but he was very re- reliable and his bowling was always very steady. Yeah, well, yeah, more than that. He, um, in the mid-70s, we were playing at, uh, up at Elizabeth College against Jersey. We were, we were all out for 125 or something like that. And Jersey were at 118 for eight, and the ball was thrown to Pierre to contain them uh, in the last few overs. And they just blocked him out. But he's also, of course, he seemed it both ways, but you could also let it slip when he wanted to. He occasionally bowled some really quick spells, even though he's generally sort of fast, medium. But um, great player, I think, and yeah, I think um, probably. You know, so dependable in some yeah. ways. Yeah. That's but, a good word, Rob. Yeah, but <laughs> another one is that you, you, he always batted probably lower than his ability because of other people who were classified as batters before him. So, again, he probably didn't realise his potential in batting. Yeah. Right, we're at certain Stuart Leprevo. We'll um, discount one individual here to talk about him because he will never stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Pete, you obviously know Stuart very well socially as well as a teammate and as yeah. a, and yeah, one of your been a, a great friend of mine obviously for years. Uh, one thing I will say before we start on Stuart is he's it's a shame he's only the second best batsman in his family after his father. <laughs> 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 he can't squirk. He could never square cut like I could. <laughs> no, I, I mean, having said what I said about Frithy before about being, not being the most naturally talented, I, I think Stuart is the most naturally talented batsman that I've ever played with in Guernsey. Uh, his, his sort of natural timing and playing the ball, playing all the different shots. I, I, I thought, you know, it, right from a very early age, it was obvious when he came into the Cobra side when he was probably 16 or 17. Uh, and obviously I was playing then and it was just a, a real pleasure to play with him because you could stand the other end and just watch him play. And it was just a, a joy to watch, to be honest with you. Um, and over the years, he's played many, many fine innings. Um, I think... If, if I was to be a bit critical, I, I think he probably could have got more runs than he did if he'd have been a bit, a bit more selfish in yeah. some ways, play for the team a lot, uh, as, as cricketers should do. But I, I think he had more runs in him than he actually got. Having said that, he got plenty. Uh, and I thought he was a, a really excellent player. Yeah. He's a good captain too, yeah. of the uh, yeah. various sides. Yeah. yeah, I think in terms of, as a captain, you look at the, 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 the 10 we're discussing here, and I think there's obviously some... People, plenty in here who've, who captain the side. I think you make a very strong case for actually Stuart being the best all-time captain as well. And, you know, certainly up there. I, th- I think as as we went into the ICC era, he kind of led that side really, really well. I, I think I think he took over after Bigsy. I would probably, yeah. probably yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's just when we were starting to play ICC cricket. I think really, uh, and uh, he really inspired that generation because he, he'd come from playing with with a. Almost a generation ended when he started the captain side, and he and he took that new generation forward. And I think they really looked up to him, and he inspired them. I think he was a, a really excellent Guernsey captain. Yeah. Yeah. Talking of excellent captains, one which John knows very well, and also Brian because he grew up with him. Um, I'm not sure where to go to first here on this one, but Ricky Mills is the next one to discuss. You knew him from yeah. A- we were playing on the beach. Remember when the groins were there with that's where we were, Millsy, Tico, Ditto, and myself. And of course, we lost Dido very early on. But uh, uh, Millsy, he's a self-made cricketer without any shadow of doubt. He had very, very little coaching, possibly a bit from Johnny Martell at the Cattell School. 
but he was a self-made cricketer and he he was so keen to do well that he got himself better and better and better and he was a very very good captain i know it was nice to hear what pete said about stewart but i think possibly the best captain we've had was ricky he was always very positive Always, I mean, he'd be waiting to go to bat or something, and he'd just say to you, whack. <laughs> <laughs> and he was always expected you to be positive about the game and go out and win it. And we were out all out for 78, I think, once in a cup match against Pilgrims, which was disappointing. It was a here at KG5. And he said, we'll win this. And we did. He was just so... Oh, yeah, he was effect. very positive indeed. Yeah, I, I thought Millsy was, was, was a, a really good batsman, uh, but where he really stood out to me actually was his bowling. Strangely oh, yeah. enough, he, he, these left left arm sort of swingers, yeah, and he was very very accurate. He, you know, even when we went on, we went on tours to, to Barbados and places like that, he very rarely got hit. He put it on the spot. He swing a little. I mean, in, in the old days in the evening league, we spoke with these the two piece Red Kings. He used to swing swing it miles and got loads of wickets. But even when we went to get, get away against top cricketers, they, they found it difficult to get away. I thought he was a, a pretty decent bowler. To be oh, honest he was an excellent bowler. And with Bill Rebilliard standing up to him, that really made... Because you couldn't go out too far, you know, because give Billy's due, he was pretty quick. And you didn't have to worry about leg side wides in those days no, either, did you? No, so, no, no, that's right. No. But he was... And he played so, so much cricket. I mean, in, in his latter years, I mean, with his job, he just... He was always playing cricket for GICC midweek and... Learning the game and just getting him, he was improving himself yeah, as he went up, got, as he got older. In many there's ways. no doubt he was a self made cricketer, if there's such a thing. Well, you remember John Henry, who used to be, get your teams out, and he said to me, he said, Millsy, or Ricky used to probably call him, Millsy is a dream. Never have to bother with him. You're going to play? Yes, I'll be there. He would always play. Whereas some would give a a reason for not to. I've got to change the lights or something in my greenhouse, but uh, <laughs> no, right. he's good. Robin Russell, and um, I think we've all got really sort of fond memories of Robin in, 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 in many ways um, as a cricketer. Brian, you obviously you played a lot with him yeah, yeah. and from, saw him in some of his time. finest moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing against teams like Incognity and the wine trade. Do you remember the wine trade yeah, who used yeah. to come over? And the Hampshire Hogs and Ham and you know, Robin would be playing and he'd be out there scoring his hundreds. <laughs> yeah, he was a lovely batsman to watch. Uh, he was he was another one, I think, Peter, that didn't get as many runs as he should have. Especially in Evening League, but Evening League wasn't necessarily his best forte. It was the longer game when he built his innings and but he was so good. Well, Brian, you'd have been playing in the game where I still, still rate as, oh, yeah. as the best innings I've ever seen down yeah, here yeah. in an evening league game. Uh, it was 1970 and um, Cobra were playing Rovers in a 16-over game, I think it was, I seem to remember. And um, that yes, night he scored 88 not out out of 120 against a very good attack and in the end he was just toying with Ricky Mills yeah. pinging him through the tops over of the, the trees top. yeah over the, the trees, trees that were over there have gone now from yeah. this side of the ground but they were in sort of halfway through where the car park is now and they were just sailing through the tops of the trees and it 
Pure timing. Pure yeah, timing. I think it was Doug Ely. I'm pretty sure it was Doug Ely said to us after he said, "Yeah, Cole Mills, he's but got a bad neck for watching the ball go over his shoulders." <laughs> yeah. But um, he, and of course he didn't really. He was very good, but he didn't really take his cricket ultra seriously, did he? I mean, he was. He didn't wasn't keen to play all the time and he um you know his second half in the summer holidays he was off sailing and but he was good with the kids and I'm very thankful for that for he certainly brought Stuart on as well there's no doubt about it he brought him on because he made him captain at 11 and so it's carried on but yeah he was uh, someone to look up to he's he's probably the one on this list that I actually haven't played with uh, he was just before I started playing but he actually taught me at college uh, and and going back to what Brian was saying, he was great with with the kids at school. Very you know. personable, absolutely, yeah, yeah, wasn't he? Absolutely. Very gentle yeah. and quite and firm at the same time. Yeah. And always encouraging. You know, it's, it, it was a, it was just a generally nice nice man. I mean. Yeah, you were talking about he was playing against visiting sides. I only noticed this morning, Prev, that he was one of his hundreds he scored was for the wine trade. <laughs> yeah, probably against the yeah, ICC, yeah. and yeah. he scored 149 not yeah. out. Yeah, that, uh, that's. I'm sure that happened more than once, Rob. You know, they said, "Oh, we've only got nine men. Can we borrow Robin or something?" And he did. He, he must have. He must have struck some sort of deal there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 But anyway, he was a a, a great player and oh, said, yeah. did a huge Without amount for the Guernsey game. I think probably the best batsman I liked to watch when he was really in the mood, because he had the reach, didn't he, as well? Yeah. And it was timing. It yeah, was, yeah. you know, yeah, pure timing. Right. Lee Savadon, um, one of our well, our most accomplished cricketer in many ways here, because he obviously was a county, you know, first-class cricketer, and um, had a Hampshire contract. Um, you played a lot with him, Peter, and obviously, uh, in, you know, as manager, had a huge amount to do with him in that respect. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, very, very talented guy, uh, and and played professionally. Uh, and there's not too many from Guernsey who've done that. Uh, let's face it. I think uh, to some extent, Guernsey didn't see the best of him because no, that's uh, right. Obviously, he played when he was a junior and, and was outstanding as a junior. Um, but then went to, to have his professional career and, and came back with a a series of injuries. I think really, um, and clearly wasn't quite the same player when he came back. Although still a very accomplished cricketer from by Guernsey standards. Um, I remember when he came back, I think he'd probably just started his professional contract and he came back to play um, a summer. And I remember facing him uh, down here, actually, and I was amazed how quick he was. He'd, he'd, he'd probably gained two or three yards when he was away, as, as he would do playing for cricket. But he was a, a seriously good bowler in those days uh, and quick with it. Um, probably, I think, a better bowler than a batsman, actually, although he clearly was a talented batsman. Um, later on, when, when, when I managed... Uh, the, the Guernsey side he played in the ICC he he had lost a lot of pace in those days but he was still a, a really top class bowler moving it both ways of the seam uh, from a, a big height obviously uh, yeah good cricketer yeah, when, when he came back I was surprised when he was fielding I was I was surprised how quickly he, he threw the ball in and I thought that's what he's got from the professional game that is different <laughs> right and the fin final um, player we've got on our top 10 list here um, and most modern of the players um, and youngest by some degree, Matthew Stokes. Um, John, over to you first on this one. Because it's early days, of course, because he's, he's so young. But he's potentially 
got the ability to be a, one of the best cricketers Guernsey's produced. Um, his batting is is really good, and he's got the asset. He can bowl when uh, when <laughs> when he's not injured or when he when and it's right for him. He can bowl quite economically as well, but uh, very good bowler and batsman, and going to going to score a lot more runs as well. It's un- it's unfortunate that he's. Not, it's not unfortunate that he's here now, but he's missing the international cricketing. That's where I think we'd have seen the best of him as well. He had one or two goes earlier on, but there's three years. Is it three years since we've had international? Best Practically, part of, yeah. best, best yeah. part of three yeah. years. Well, that you know, that's when he's in his prime now. I think he'd been a dream player for you, Pete, um, in your yeah. t- when you were Ireland manager. He's yeah, yeah. It, this is difficult for me, actually, strangely, because I, I actually haven't seen much of him um, because. It, over the last probably four years, I haven't watched too much cricket. I've seen him play a couple of times, and he looks a terrific player. And, and looking at his stats for this year, particularly, you don't get double hundreds without being a good player. You know, no matter who you're playing against, uh, and he's obviously got another couple of tons as well. So he's clearly a good cricketer. And as John said, he's still pretty young. So the thing that strikes me about him is that, and what I get the feeling from him is, if I see when I see Stokesy, I think. I reckon that's what Pierre Lecoq was like when he was came came out of the college. Here's somebody who could bat and bowl very straight, just very easy on the eye, played all the shots. And um, I I think he's going to be a terrific player. I I think he could be the best player we've ever seen in many ways if we get to, the game gets to develop, kick on again, you know, post-COVID. It's got to do that really for him to to really come to that. But certainly in the modern... Last ten years, I think he is. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Quite, I think. quite clearly, the best player we've had. Yeah, well, he won yeah, the interinsular, didn't he? Yeah. Down at Portsmouth, uh, when he got his. Because even though he's a slight lad, he can bowl very quickly, and he's very accurate. Um, he's whippy as well as a whippy action, but his batting technique and his, and he's got a great head on his shoulders. You know, things don't phase him. No, he doesn't get flustered, does he? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to have, a, hopefully we'll see a good 20 years great cricket out of um, of Matt Stokes. Right, that's the 10 we've been through. I just Before we sort of wrap up, I just want to sort of go around the table and just ask each individual really here, the, if, is there a, a player which wasn't necessarily in the top 10 that they, that, that they were excited to see and remember as a top quality player? A favourite player in many ways, Peter. I, and I you think can't you can't pick yourself, even <laughs> though even though you obviously you were very good. I was just going to think about it for a while and then say myself. Um, I, I mean, I, I I come back to Stuart actually in terms of my, my favourite player to, to to play with and also to watch. I think um, I, I think he was just sort of pleasing in the eye and and, and well, Stuart's just a, a lovely guy as well, you know, a friend of mine and uh, always enjoyed playing with him. In terms of other people um, that I enjoyed watching um, and he, he was in your top 25, um, one below me actually, strangely enough, um, amazingly really, uh, Tim Ravenscroft, um, who, whose talent is outstanding and always has been outstanding. Unfortunately, Tim's um, attitude in that he doesn't take cricket too seriously days, these days has kind of let him down a little bit in some ways but as a, as a talent when you, you see the way he strikes the ball and he, he used to strike the ball that way when he was a 12 year old I remember being down here and seeing him get a, getting a ton in, a, in a, a some sort of uh, representative game and he was 12 or 13 and he got 100 down here and, and he just looked like, like you know 
the best player in the island at 13 years old. Unfortunately, he kind of went off the, not went off the rails, but I think he lost enthusiasm for cricket. Uh, went to Hampshire. He's got a lot of runs for Hampshire Seconds. I mean, I think he got something like six centuries for Hampshire Seconds, and and you don't do that without being a very very good player. Uh, and in some ways, it's a it's a shame that he didn't kick on really. Um, I mean, I work with Tim now, as as I think you know, uh, and and I talk to him about it now and then, and, and I think. He doesn't seem to regret it. You know, he's chosen his path, and that's the way he, he enjoys his life. But I, I think he was—he was such a talented batsman. Shame he hasn't really kicked on. John, then. well, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, to, just to, to fit one? But I, there are people like Mike Webber, who really impressed me with his his dogged style and he was not, not going to get me out attitude um, shouldering arms of Barry Middleton, letting yeah, hit him in the ribs, like and, um, yeah. and Tony Taylor. What a good batsman he was. Tony was a good player. Um, so it's a bit difficult to pick to pick one. I could pick half a dozen, really. Uh, are you asking to f- to come into the top ten? No, no, no. Oh, in terms of a player, well, you, I think you, 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 one you enjoyed that I would watching have, more oh, than that. Well, I enjoyed watching him from the other end. That was Mickey Mitchum. And there's no doubt at Cobo, when we started, Mickey Mitchum was the batsman and Tony Shepherd was the bowler. And they were the two we really relied on a lot. And I was thankful that I played the other end of the pitch sometimes with Mick and we, uh, Tico, as he's better known. He was a very good player, a very good batsman. His, his stats in perhaps the Guernsey jersey weren't as much as perhaps they could have been, but uh, his famous falling hook. I remember seeing him here when the ball was up there because he wasn't very tall, as you know. The ball was up there and he'd be over there and he'd be flat on his back by the time he was coming over the boundary here. He was a good player. I think I'd have had him higher than 31, Rob. We uh, always remember on a tour on GTCC in England. Of course, he was always on tour. And when my lads were small, uh, they used to, it was loved to watch him play. And come on, Tico, when are you going to give us a flying cut? And I remember one day he did, and they were just in raptures. They thought it was wonderful. <laughs> Tico is a great character. I mean, we, we, we all love Tico, I think. And I remember when I played with him at St. Pierre when, when I was just sort of starting out, and he was obviously getting towards the end of his career, and he dropped down a couple of divisions. And we were playing at Victoria Avenue one day, and it was really wet, and we were on the Robber Award track. Yeah. And uh, I was in the 90s, and I pushed this ball into towards midweek. It went up for a, a run. And I was halfway down the run. I looked up, and Tico was just leaning on his bat. No, he said. <laughs> and I tried the turn, slipped over, and was run out by about 10 yards. And in the pub afterwards, he was delighting and telling me, I ran Vidimal out when he was on 95. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing as well. It's the wickets we played on, eh? When we started. I mean, they weren't the best. Yes, it's, it's an entirely different game these yeah, days absolutely. compared to 50 years ago. Absolutely. That's for sure. Even yeah. I'd score more runs on a wicket like this and the outfield like this. Oh, we didn't yeah. lose the ball. <laughs> I think as a general point, that's what's difficult about picking up 100. Yeah. Comparing players from different areas. I mean, who knows how good the Blads were? I mean, you know, yeah. when you're at college, you grow up with their names up there on the on the honours board. But how can you really tell how good they were back in the 1920s or whatever it was? You know, it's it's really difficult. And and I think that that is across the whole 100. You know, go back to what Brian just said: playing in the Rob Roy tracks back in the in the 80s with no helmets and Dobson and Creed bowling at your head. You know, it was it wasn't much fun. Um, things have changed a lot now uh, but people play the game differently now and it's a different game so it's really difficult to make comparisons I think Well on that point we'll end it thank you very much gentlemen for coming and discuss our top 100 cricket series and um, 
I hope you've enjoyed taking part in it. And um, Yeah, well done, Rob, for those 100. I mean, like everybody knows, they have their own opinions, but uh, you've got to put somebody there. It's, it's, it's if you do the top thousands, I might get in. <laughs> <laughs>